Welcome to Code Talk, the podcast where we discuss building code and its impacts on residents and business owners right here in Fairfax County. Today we're talking about the change of use and Department of Social Services review process for Virginia daycare licensures. When applying for a building permit for a child or adult caring facility, there may be requirements that must be met for compliance with the Virginia Uniform Statewide Building Code. Now, these code requirements are significant for these facilities because of safety for all of the residents. To tell us about this Virginia daycare licensure process, we have with us Nick Cavanaugh, the technical support supervisor, and Mariah Lackingsing, a building plan reviewer with the Building Division of Land Development Services. Nick, Mariah, thanks for being with us on the Code Talk podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Nick, the return guest, I think, right, for yes. you? Yeah, we uh, we uh, had you on. The, I guess this is uh, part two of our discussion kind of about the Virginia daycare license. You're, you were on uh, part one. Kind of yes. recap that for us a little bit. Yeah, so part one was a few months ago, I believe, and um, I was here with uh, one of my colleagues from the State uh, Department of Social Services where we discussed how um, the licensing process for the state kicks in the review for um, the building code. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we touched on their process a little bit and how the state and the county work together mm-hmm. in reviewing those plans, approving the plans, and then getting the inspection so they can get right. their license. Right. All right. Well, if you didn't hear that one, it's okay. You don't have to stop right now and go back and listen to it finish up this podcast, but uh, go back and, uh, and hear part one as well as uh, some of the past issues of uh, Code Talk, and you'll uh, you'll be glad you did, just put it that way. Uh, we've got about eight or, eight or nine questions here, and, and these are like the most common questions you guys get in, in your work, so we'll, we'll be kind of going through those. Um, I, I guess the, the first question is, the difference. What is the difference between a Department of Social Services daycare licensure review versus chains of change of use plan review? That was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the biggest change or the biggest change, um, the biggest difference is um, the daycare licensure review would be where they don't, the applicant wouldn't want to change the use. And by what I mean by that is you have a room that they may want to add into the specific use that they're doing. And we would look at and see if the overall um, requirements of the code are met to add another room within their facility that they're already existing, or they want to increase the occupants. Um, And we will do a quick calculation to Mm -hmm. see if that works. And if it does, then it meets code, then they can be, you know, ready for inspection by the state fairly quickly. Difference is if they need to change the use, and then that's where Mariah comes in. Yeah, if they're changing the use or introducing a new use, like an e-use or an i-use for daycare, um, then it becomes a change of use, and we have to review the entire space mm-hmm. per the building code. We check out all the trades, and it comes. It becomes a full review. Mm. Is that an is is that easy to know which which one I have to do? <laughs> well, it, it it's I don't want to say it's complicated, um, but each each application, each address, each facility has its own um, I guess uh, circumstances mm-hmm. of the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so each one's a little bit different. There is a broad brush right. know, stroke that we look at. Um, if you're but, existing 
and you're staying within, you're not doing any changes physically to the space, right. but you're just kind of, you may want to add a few children or reduce the ages of the children. That's mm-hmm. kind of where Nick and his review okay, and, gotcha. and the DSS form That one seems in. pretty yes. simple or, or makes sense that it wouldn't necessarily But the minute you start making review. alterations to okay, the building yeah, yeah. or you want to go a little bit beyond the scope of that, it becomes a full building review. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um Let's talk challenges here. Biggest challenges for a daycare owner to overcome uh, when they are expanding, say, the occupancy or age groups for an existing uh, daycare. Some of the existing um, the challenges that we see quite often are changing demographics. Um, hmm. So the change in demographics may include, you know, this school year coming up, they may have um, more children under the age of two and a half. And that age of two and a half is a trigger point for the code, uh, for the building code. Hmm. Um, what we look at is uh, what we what is defined in the building code is non-ambulatory versus ambulatory, right? People that have self-preservation that can get themselves out of an emergency. So those are that's the challenge. And hey, um, we have an increase in under two and a half. I want to, de- you know, increase the occupants under two and a half. It seems like a simple question, a simple yeah, request, yeah. but unfortunately, sometimes we have to dive deeper into the code, and that will introduce other things, yes. other requirements. When you increase the number, if you have an existing number of 80 and you want to go to 120, that may mean you need more plumbing fixtures. It may need oh, yeah. um, uh, more mechanical ventilation. So the minute you start to increase that load, we have to look at other things than just hey, I just want to, there's right. a few more bodies that can fit in this room. Right, why can't I do that? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I think you said ingress or egress, you know, getting in and out. I mean, I, yeah, duh, now that you say it. But and when you said two and a half, I was like, that seems like an odd number. Two and a half years old, but it does kind of make sense, you know, kids becoming more mobile and that kind of thing. So right. talk talk a little bit about that. Is that another part of the? Well, um. I don't know why they picked two and a half, yeah, yeah. but two and a half is, is kind of a random number. But I, I believe the intent is that once the, a child is over the age of two and a half, they can, if they were to see a fire or to see a danger, they would kind of know to not right. go towards it and go right. away, try to get out. Anything below that, they just need help and they need assistance in getting out. So you, we right. need to be able to preserve the space long enough to allow for help to get those youngers right. out of the space. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, great point because I would have never thought about that because when you first said it, you know, under the age of two and a half, I was like, why is that a big deal? But as you explained it, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. makes perfect sense. Um, okay, another question um, y'all get. Um, the major differences, and if you could explain, the major differences in an educational and intent, uh, institutional use group, educational and institutional. Okay, so educational is group E, um, where you are using the building or structure for educational purposes for um, up through grade 12. But there's also um, an allowance for group E daycares. And group E daycares is where you're providing educational or supervision or um, personal care for children older than two and a half. However, there's an exception. (laughs) Of course, there always is. (laughs) (laughs) That will allow for you to have children under the age of two and a half in a group E. However, the room in which those children are cared for needs to be on the level of exit discharge where you can exit directly outside, Mm. and there needs to be a room to the exterior 
from that room that they're in, that they're mm. cared for in. Okay, okay. So, so those are those room. exceptions that will allow, okay, we'll allow you to be an educational use. You can have under two and a half, but the room that they are cared for mm -hmm. needs to have an exit door directly outside. Okay. The thought process is if you have a room full of cribs, you need to be able to push those cribs right on out the door if gotcha. there's a fire. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Institutional, is that kind of? It's a little bit different. Okay. So institutional is a more restrictive use. Hmm. Um, the building code would require fire sprinkler, fire alarms. It's hmm. more protective. There's um, fire ratings in the building that separates other uses from that eye use. Um, and because it's more restrictive and there's more fire safety, so to speak, you it doesn't matter where the kids are and it doesn't matter what age. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so those answers kind of raised a question in my mind because sure. you talked about sprinklers and, and fire alarms and all that kind of stuff. You really kind of emphasized that on institutional, but you didn't mention that on educational. So, so that's the caveat. Because it's a, it's a less restrictive use, um, a lot of people try to become e-uses because they don't uh, want to trigger that sprinkler gotcha. system. Because it's very costly to put in a new sprinkler system mm -hmm. if you're in a space, in a building or structure that doesn't currently have one. Mm. Um so it's it's kind of key, but right. having an exit door in that room where you can go directly out, it, it eliminates some of the hazard that is there. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question. And I don't understand this one. So mm -hmm. I, I don't understand what non-RUP is. So, but I'm going to ask the question. <laughs> what if my non-RUP states a different use group other than E or I-4? So I'll touch on the non-RUP. So yep. non-RUP is um, it's issued through zoning. Okay. Right? So the, unfortunately, that's not under our uh, purview. But it's non-residential use permit. Okay. So okay. that's for a commercial use and for daycares. Okay. Um, we're not speaking today or we haven't gotten into uh, daycares within homes. Okay. Right. That's a, that could be a whole other podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure it will so, be at some point. Yes. <laughs> And so what we're looking at is a non-RUP. I believe, okay. and and I believe they changed the name to the occupancy permit or or use of use and occupancy. I apologize for not knowing that off the top of my head. Certificate of occupancy. There it is, Mariah. All <laughs> right, you brought your Mariah. brain with you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's a, it's a terminology in the industry that I believe they were trying to move away from the non-RUP, but gotcha. most people may know it as non-RUP. Okay. okay. And we're changing that terminology currently. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll ask the question then again. So the non-RUP states a different use group other than E or I-4. So that's, that's one where, um, again, we, we see this a little bit where it's an existing daycare mm -hmm. or it's an existing facility, let's say, and they have a non-RUP and it says it's a group A-4. Okay. When we look at that, we would want to do a little bit of research and we find that the code previous to the International Building Code, which is today's code, it used to be BOCA. And under BOCA, they didn't have the um, definitive daycare under certain uses or use groups. Mm -hmm. okay. So it said A4, which is an assembly use, but they may have had some um, classrooms associated with that assembly use. Not getting too much into detail, what the intended use, what the intended use was is classrooms used while the um, um, the church was in session, okay. right? So it was for that educational part of it. But now they want to make that educational part a daycare. 
Hmm. So they want to change the use in a sense. Gotcha. But it was an A4. Now there may be stuff under today's code that they may need to do some improvements, change of use. Okay. So that's where it kind of progresses, and we would have to do a little bit of research when that non-RUP shows something different than an E okay. or an I-4. Gotcha. Okay. So those are, if I'm understanding, that's probably for um, older facilities? Correct. That, were, yes. that have the older code mm -hmm. uh, kind of established? Correct. Okay. The minute the older facilities want to make some changes, mm -hmm. then it kicks into today's code. When the minute you want to make changes, unless you're trying to get an evaluation of your current space and you're not making any changes, mm -hmm. then we will look at the space un under the code in which it was designed under. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, well, all right. Um, moving along, we're we're mm -hmm. we're doing good on time, but I want to make sure we get through all these uh, these eight uh, not common questions, maybe frequently asked questions, but mm -hmm. kind of kind of some of the things that uh, that y'all hear all the time. Um, Somebody may be listening to this going, you know, oh, gosh, you know, daycare licensure review, you know, that's got to be big, long process, complicated, all that. What exactly is entailed in a, in a DSS daycare licensure review? So the good news is that it's not that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is a publication um, that is on our website that kind of lists what the documents that are required. Um, in simple terms, it's an application there is a fee associated. It's a copy of the floor plan. It's something that we can see what is physically there on paper, and we would review that to make sure that the use group didn't change mm -hmm. and that it meets the code in which that it's intended for. Hmm. Um, what can they expect? What is entailed? The review, my goal is anywhere from 48 to 72 hours. Wow. So nice. it's... Yeah. Like I said, it's a very on the surface. Does it make sense? Does do the numbers calculate correctly? Mm -hmm. um, within that review, they will get a response. That response will be yes, we can move forward with your uh, the state licensing process, or do we need more information? Mm. We may need more information, or it may be, you know, based on what we have submitted, we wouldn't be able to approve it that way. You might need to go to that change of use, mm -hmm. or you may need to do some uh, additional uh, research or provide additional information. So mm -hmm. the process isn't uh, cumbersome in the DSS review. That's okay. what we call it, the DSS review. Okay. All right. Um, some folks ask, when a change of use application and review are required, what can the applicant expect? Um, I guess I'll touch on that okay. <laughs> because at that point it becomes um, my review okay. and a, a little bit more in-depth and um, a bigger process than the DSS review process. Um, the timing changes. Mm. You enter regular plan review time, so it can be anywhere between four to six weeks okay. um, for that turnaround. And that's just for the first review, and hopefully we can get through and approve it at that time. Hmm. Um, there's fees associated with the the regular um, building plan review process. Um, it becomes that full review where it's building mechanical, electrical, plumbing. Everyone's going to look and touch and make sure that the, the space is safe gotcha. for what they're trying to do. Makes sense. I'd have um, to, yeah. Yes. Um, at that point, a registered design professional uh, will be required to submit mm. those plans, okay. where before you can kind of draw up your existing space, give us some numbers, let us know where exits are. But mm -hmm. at, 
at once it becomes a plan review or a change of use for right. us to a, to that E or I, right. a registered design professional needs right. to be involved. Okay. And they need to sign and seal the plans. Sounds like if folks are or have uh, any thoughts about changing or modernizing or upgrading or whatever they and they don't want to spend a lot of money, they really maybe want to think about this really carefully about maybe just increasing the number of kids. As you mentioned earlier, it may require this step or whatever. So really kind of think about what your goal is and your 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 uh, your process or your, where you're wanting to get to because it may trigger these reviews or these new kind of things that have to be done that Absolutely. Add time, add money, et cetera. So, yeah. And we're here to answer any questions. They can come up. We, we do little cold consultations over the counter. If you have questions, oh, cool. you have yeah. a space. We're here to provide a little bit of that courtesy review, um, but we're not allowed to design. Mm-hmm. So once it gets to a point where they're coming for us to try to design a space for them, we're not allowed to right, do that. Right, right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right. Two more questions. Um Something called grandfathering. What's what? What is this perception of grandfathering that we speak of? So that is a it's a perception. This yeah. perception is out there, but it, it, it the grandfathering may apply in the uh, the state licensing um, world. And again, we're not here to talk about the state's mm-hmm. um, policies and procedures and requirements. However, they a lot of times we get well, aren't I grandfathered? Mm. Really, the big thing and what they're asking is the. As the code years and adoption of the code progresses, mm-hmm. the restrictions may have gotten a little bit more restrictive. Mm-hmm. And so we put in the past, it was 20 square feet to one child, whereas today it's 35 square feet to one child. So they can see that number, that potential number goes down. If they're increasing, they want to increase their occupant load. They want to maintain, and they, being the applicant, mm-hmm. would want to maintain the 20 to 1 right. because they have a higher number. Right. But if they want to increase their load, then, therefore, we have to recalculate, and we're recalculating to today's code. Mm-hmm. So that grandfathering comes in. It comes into play questions and, and concerns or that type of thing is, you know, are I grandfathered to that mm-hmm. 20 to 1? Or can, mm-hmm. what, can I just do this? And that's where... The building code doesn't grandfather. That's okay. the that's so, the bottom line. We so the can't. answer is no. Yes. <laughs> so that's the long no. Um, but yes. Uh, but no. Yeah. Good explanation. Yeah. Because a lot of places or things or circumstances, not necessarily saying you or this in LDS here, building division codes and that kind of thing, but you hear being grandfathered in for certain things all the time. So I think it's a natural thing for people to think. Well, right. I you know I, I got this done twenty years ago. Why can't I just be grandfathered in? Right. So, okay, good answer. All right, final question. Uh, again, kind of common questions, most frequently asked questions that, that y'all are getting. Where can I find more information on change of use and daycare licensure review? So the change of use, um, if you want more information uh, regarding the change of use, we have um, publications that are available on our website. That one I would refer to the interior, interior alterations publication. That will give you the minimum submission requirements for a change of use. Um, and again, as Mariah had mentioned, a registered, registered design professional um, would be required for that. And a lot of the terminology and the expectations and the requirements in that, they would be very familiar with mm-hmm. um, following the code. Mm-hmm. And then the daycare licensure, there is also a publication, and that's on our website. Um, and. It's one-page publication for that one. Very simple. 
It's also available in Spanish, which is pretty mm. cool. Mm -hmm. um, so in addition to that, they can always call. They can call our 703-631-5101. Uh, our, our um, we have myself. We have um, several plan reviewers that can help them and walk them through mm -hmm. what their what their questions are mm -hmm. or stop into our office. All right. Okay. Um, good information, kind of hitting the, the most commonly asked questions. I'm sure there's a lot more questions and a lot of other things we can get into, but we kind of kind of are, are at that time limit, but kind of wanted to kind of give a, uh, a follow-up on part one, as, as you mentioned, Nick, of our uh, uh, daycare licensure uh, kind of procedure process, and again, touch on some of the, the more common questions. You mentioned the, the website, use your favorite search engine, or go to fairfaxcounty.gov and do a search on any of these publications, these topics. You mentioned seven zero three six three one five one zero one they can call for more information as we wrap up though anything you wish I would have asked you or anything that you're now thinking about that you wish you had said when as we were talking the podcast or just any kind of final thoughts from from either one of you as we wrap up I have one that <laughs> <laughs> I know I will wrap it the, the, one of the other questions is if there if the applicant is approved for a certain number through the zoning process. Mm -hmm. um, so be familiar with that there is a zoning number that was approved under an uh, application through the zoning department. Mm -hmm. There's a building number that we look at through the building code, mm -hmm. and then there's also another number for the Department of the State Social okay. Services. Right. So just understanding that there are different numbers and whichever is the most restrictive is the one that we would go with. I was going to say. So it's the the, the lesser number or yes. the most restrictive yes. number. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, very good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. All right. Mariah, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I, I okay. think we got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you both for being here with us and, and explaining this. Nick Cavanaugh and Mariah Lackingsing with uh, – uh, the technical support supervisors, Nick, and uh, Mariah is the uh, building plan reviewer uh, with the Building Division of Land Development Services. And again, that phone number, if you need to reach the Building Division, is 703-631-5101. You can also email ldsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. And again, fairfaxcounty.gov slash landdevelopment. Bring it to fairfaxcounty.gov, and there's a search bar up in the top right and you can search for some of the publications or any of the other terminology or anything that, that Nick and Mariah mentioned and uh, find the information there. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Code Talk podcast. We appreciate you listening. podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.